Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Hey guys, welcome to season 12 of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so appreciative and grateful and blessed for each person who listens for the first time or has been with us through now 12 seasons. So thank you for tuning in to listen and glean something from the freedom stories of the person featured in each episode. God bless and let's do this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I am really excited for you guys to get to meet today, Brandy Wilson. I did not know much about her story. I received her book and when I started to learn more about her, read through the book, I was like, she has got to come on and you guys have got to hear her story. So thank you so much for coming on today, Brandy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be with you, Gina, and get to um, interact with your audience. Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners more about yourself? Yeah, my name is Brandy Wilson. I live um, right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a single mom to three sons who are now 22, 19, and 17. Two of them are in college, and one of them is with me, um, and he's in high school. Um, I have two very high-maintenance dogs. And um, I work full time for a nonprofit called Leading and Loving It, which exists to help women thrive in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my full time gig on the side. I am a certified coach um, and work with a lot of women who are walking through divorce, who are walking through separation, maybe a transition in life and women who just want to learn how to tell their story in a healthy and God honoring way. Um, and when I'm not working. I'm chasing those three boys of mine to football games. So I like to say I'm classy until kickoff. My two college sons play D3 football and my youngest son plays here at the local high school. So they (laughs) keep my weekends very, very, very full of football games and fun. Oh, that sounds like fun. Classy till kickoff. That's hilarious. (laughs) No kickoff. I claim it. (laughs) My, uh, my nephew, my 16 year old, he is in the band in high school. Oh, and yeah. so we are there as I'm there as much as possible to support him. And I sit with my dad and my dad is the same way. He's like, he's good. He's calm. And then football starts and you never know what's going to come out of his <laughs> mouth. And I got it from him. So it's yes. just one of those things. Yeah, you got it, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about your freedom story. Yeah, I'll kind of just go back to somewhat the beginning. Mm-hmm. I um, met and married my college sweetheart back in 19, married in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both felt the call to be part of helping God start new churches mm-hmm. in America. So we started our first church right outside of Bowling Green, Kentucky in 1996 and served there for five years. Um and in 2001, moved to Nashville and 2002, started a church here in Nashville called Cross Point Church mm-hmm. that still exists and is thriving. 
Um, and in 2016, my life really publicly fell apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I had known, I think we can both acknowledge that when your life publicly falls apart, it's been falling apart behind the scenes for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and my life publicly fell apart in September of 2016. And my husband at the time chose to walk away from um, the ministry, from the church, from our family unit and from our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and life as I knew it ended. And mm-hmm. I found myself starting over and And in the course of that, discovered that, you know, the 20 years of my marriage had all been full of um, relationships that I wasn't aware of. Um, Lots of deceit and manipulation had been occurring. And I think for a long time, because I was married to a pastor of a super successful church, Cross Point was one of the fastest growing churches in America at the time. It was one of Mm -hmm. the largest churches in America. Um, I think because I was married to a a talented pastor who was praised anywhere I went, I thought for a long time, like something is not right in my home. And because everyone loves him, because they're always telling me how great he is, I guess maybe I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. So for me, the actual unraveling of my family unit and the end of my marriage actually brought freedom into my life. I didn't necessarily realize it was a freedom I needed or wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but pretty quickly I realized I feel free for the first time in a long time. Uh, and I remember journaling, like this doesn't make sense that I am feeling this level of freedom. I mean, I live in America, land of the free and home of the brave and and how is freedom something that I have so needed in my life and haven't been aware of? So I just kind of started a personal journey of, you know, what is God going to do in me when I choose to begin again? And I think when our life falls apart, it's devastating. Mm-hmm. But there's beauty in the fact that we get to put the pieces of our life back together the way we want to. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I've chosen to do. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I can't imagine how that was for you. Um, You said things have been kind of falling apart behind the scenes uh, for a long time. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah, I will kind of vaguely answer. I think for a while I had known there was not an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I knew that there was not spiritual leadership in the home. Um, And all of those things were happening at the same time. We had a really successful church and we were also growing the family. So I think part of me just thought like, this is what it's like to run life at this pace and doing what God has called us to do. And, um, but yeah, I think that I had known of some manipulation. I had known of some boundaries that were unhealthy and being crossed. Um, I had also done counseling. I had tried to do everything that was quote unquote, we were supposed to do. Um, And I think just the level of what was actually really occurring and what I was aware of, there was such a discrepancy between the two Mm -hmm. uh, that it was devastating when it all started to come out and unfold. Mm -hmm. And it honestly took a couple of years for me to hear everything um, that had been occurring, but now wouldn't go back and change where I am today to where I was then. Um, But it was definitely very difficult to walk through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the one thing you do talk about is how not only were you losing your family unit, Mm -hmm. you were also losing your church family. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I am a very relational leader and I Mm -hmm. 
like to do life with the people I lead and um, the church staff were the people that we celebrated holidays with and we went on vacation with. And, you know, there are people who we had over for birthdays and we met on Monday nights for Mexican and, and all the things. It was truly my lifeline and community. Mm -hmm. Um, My kids interacted with a lot of the other staff kids, like they were cousins. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a huge loss. It was, um, my, one of my kids therapists told me that my kids had experienced two divorces, one, the divorce of their parents and the second, the divorce from the church. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That had, be, had to be hard for them and for you. How did they handle everything that was happening around them? Um, it all started to kind of unfold. Uh, they would have been nine, 11 and 14 around that time. And um, they're just little boys trying to discern what is going on and figure out, you know, how does life work? What does it look like? Um, Why is dad choosing to sleep in the basement? Like they were trying to figure out some stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and I think I was really, um, I had the forefront to, and friends had recommended, I start working with a child therapist just for me to know how to handle and -hmm. to communicate to them in a way that was honest and truthful and also age appropriate. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried to definitely take the guidance of the therapist and parenting them. And then also just became super, I think, obviously I've always described myself as a very present person, but I think I became even more intentional about being present with my kids. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if there were, there was an attitude that felt sad asking about it and talking through it, also allowing them to feel that pain and the and sharing with them where I was so that they didn't feel like they were alone in it Mm -hmm. uh, to understand that all of that was normal and what they should be experiencing and feeling, even though it's not what I wanted for their lives. Mm -hmm. And how have you seen God take what you guys all went through and turn it into where you are now? Yeah, I, we have a super close relationship. The four of us, I call us, us four. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we just have a really, we, unique special bond we have a rhythm um when the four of us are together we kind of know who fills which slot um to the point that we can joke and laugh about it and also be serious when it needs to happen Mm -hmm. um i think my kids would have you know their brothers and they can unite over football and sports and um fishing and all of that kind of stuff but now they also have this really unique ability to realize what it's like to continue to show up when things are hard Mm -hmm. Um, and I think one of the things I tried to do when I was parenting them through that trauma and that grief is teach them how to manage it and not how to avoid it. I think Mm -hmm. lots of times when, um, we don't want our kids to feel pain and we don't want them to feel disappointment and we don't want them to have to go through hard things. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt the same as a parent, but I knew in order for me to be the best parent I could for them, I had to do my work. I had to do the work of emotionally looking for healing. I had to do the work of leaning in for spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was how I would directly impact them by making sure I was doing my own work that was impacting how I showed up for them on a daily basis. So I think they were, um, you know, had a front row seat to watching me figure out how to manage my own loss so mm-hmm. that they could hopefully from that learn how to manage theirs. Wow. I'm not from a divorced family. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom passed away when I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. now that's not to say some things didn't happen during that time that I actually didn't even know about until after she had passed away, but yeah. because my parents kept things hidden, 
mm-hmm. they didn't talk about it. Yep. And yeah. so that, that kind of, it was a huge surprise to me to find out some of the things that had happened. So I commend you for being upfront with your kids and handling it in an age appropriate manner. Yes. Uh, yes. That can be yeah, really hard. Cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have to realize that if kids aren't given the truth, they go searching for it. And I right. think probably early on, there were things my kids were aware of that I didn't know. Um, and, and it's because of electronics and mm-hmm. people putting stuff out there and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to be able to give them age appropriate truth so that, cause I feel like when kids don't have the truth, they will go looking for it. And lots of times they end up making themselves the cause um, that mm-hmm. becomes their truth. I must, you know, mom and dad must be getting divorced because I wasn't good or mom and dad must be getting a divorce because we fight too much. Um, and I didn't want that to be anything that they carried. Right. Right. Absolutely. And what about you when you were going through that? And, you know, a lot of women kind of, especially Christian women say, well, there's more I should have done, or maybe I shouldn't do this, or maybe I shouldn't file for divorce or you know, all those things. Yeah. How did you walk through all that? Yeah. I, um, with the strength of God and a really great Mm -hmm. support system. Um, I am super fortunate to have people who love me. I went from being surrounded by thousands of people on a regular basis, um, to where I only spoke to three people and my therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, so life really shrunk for me. And, and honestly, that was great. I love serving Mm -hmm. in the church, um, and love being part of cross point and life also felt really big at times. And I'm, I'm, tend to be more of an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, life for me shrunk, shrunk down to three people and my therapist. And they were three people that had longevity of relationship with me. They were three mm-hmm. people who I respect how they live their life. There are three people I know who have relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were the people that I would be able to talk through decisions I needed to make, um, to talk through difficulties that we were walking through. And that just became a super safe spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had one friend who lives cross country and she called me every day just to hear the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. She would say, I know how you're doing based on the sound of your voice. And mm-hmm. um, that was really valuable to me that even though we were far apart, she was able to still show up in my life on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, it was, I think that support system got me through a lot of really dark times. That support system didn't let me forget who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things in my relationship with God is because I was on married to a pastor and very active part of the church staff that, you know, sometimes our spirituality can be tied to a person mm-hmm. or an organization. And um, it was the first time in my adult life that all of that had been stripped away. And mm-hmm. we talk a lot about attachment and bonding science and parenting and even how that rolls into Um, our romantic relationships as we grow. And I think for me, one of the gifts of my divorce is that in the fact that everything was stripped away, um, that it was just me and God. And Mm -hmm. I went to God in my anger and I went to him in my disappointment. I went to him in my frustration. I went to him with tears and I went to him begging and pleading. And, and I also went to him in gratitude and I went to him in questioning and and in all of the ways that I would go to him, he was still there for me. Um, at times I felt him more than others, but I know that he never left me. Uh, and that allowed me to create this really secure attachment with my heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I had not had that in my romantic relationship and secure attachment is something that was not familiar to me and a lot of other relationships um, from childhood. So it was really, really a gift to know that I had a secure attachment that God wasn't going to leave me. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't mean that everything would be easy. It didn't mean that, you know, I'd end up with, you know, all these, this huge prosperity um, that people often talk about it, but it meant that I wasn't by myself and it meant mm -hmm. that I was safe and it meant that I was seen and that carried a lot of value in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love how you not only stress the importance of a support system, but you also talk about therapy and mm -hmm. Again, that's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about in a church or in the Christian realm because they're like, well, God should be all you need and you, you, know, you shouldn't have to go to a therapist. Mm -hmm. um, can you speak a little bit more into that? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I love therapy. I think I will be in therapy um, on a regular basis for the rest of my life. I just think the importance of having um, another party who has a different um perspective into your life and who can help you identify patterns of behavior to help you figure out communication patterns to help you um, get in touch and realize what you're actually feeling where your emotions are to help you realize why you do what you do um, and to be able to function as a healthier version of yourself is really uh, you know such a, a benefit of therapy and I think yeah, therapy is huge. I think, you know, people will say, I've heard people say to me, like, I don't think I can afford therapy, or I don't think we can afford therapy. I'm like, divorce is way more expensive than therapy. So okay. listen, pay the money. There are lots of great alternatives out there now. Um, sliding scale, you can find mm -hmm. programs that have excellent therapists that are sliding scale based on income or that you can hop on with online. There are lots of really great coaches out there mm -hmm. uh, who can also help walk you through difficult journeys like divorce. Um, and yes, I, I don't know, I could keep going all day about the benefits of therapy. <laughs> really just feel like it's that important for you to have somebody who is trained to be able to help you navigate life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you're talking about resources. Um, I don't know about a lot of jobs, but I know a lot of jobs out there have programs where you could get hooked up with therapists and it's free. Yes. And I know I've been through that myself continually. Mm -hmm. And you can see a therapist for so many things and, you know, get so many sessions for free per issue, which yep. some people can say they have as many issues as the National Geographic magazines. And it's yeah. totally fine ah. because that's what therapy is there for. And if yep. you, one person doesn't work for you, look for someone else because yeah, there's sure. so many out there. Well, it's just like, I might go to a restaurant and have a bad meal. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop eating out. It just right. means I'm going to go back to that restaurant. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think you keep trying again until it's a really good fit. And I think, mm -hmm. yes, we all have issues. We all have baggage. Right. Do you want to keep living life the same way you've been living? Or do you want to find some freedom from those issues and baggage? And I think healing is a process. And you have to trust the process and we all get there at different times and in our own ways. And therapy is a great way to help you find some healing and health in your life. Absolutely. I love that. We've, we've talked to a lot of people on the podcast who have talked about the benefits of therapy, the benefits of God and therapy, the benefits of God and medication, the, mm -hmm. all of those. And I think that that's such a great point to put into people that it's okay 
you yeah. do what you need to do. You should be proud of yourself for going to therapy. Amen. Amen. Come You're on. Do it. Absolutely. You're you're seeking the help out that you need. Yes. And so I love that. So when you were going through your divorce, the after effects years later, what verse or verses kept you anchored? Oh gosh, that's such a great one. I am one of those people who, if you walked into my bathroom right now, there um there are a ton of post-it notes on my mirror of pictures <laughs> and phrases that are important to me that I kind of like repeat when they're needed or glance at them while I'm brushing my teeth. I think Isaiah 43, 19 was very important to me for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry waste bed. Um, I have that several different places in my house currently on my laptop is one of those places. Um, but yeah, that was a great reminder. I was a huge believer in gratitude. Uh, still am a huge believer in a gratitude practice. I started at the very beginning of my separation where I felt like there is nothing good in my life. Um, and I just felt the not nudge of God is still good. So mm-hmm. I began this journey of if nothing around me feels good and I believe God is still good, how can I find him? Mm-hmm. And I pulled a journal off my shelf and took an orange Sharpie and wrote focus on the good on the front. I started to record the goodness of God that I saw around me. And it was usually very simple. And one day I wrote down a new hair dryer, And I know that that is not life-changing. And lots of people would wonder if a new hairdryer is from God. And it was more the reminder that there would be new things and that Mm -hmm. God had promised new things for my life. And he had already begun working on those new things. I might not see it. I might not be aware of it, but he was working behind the scenes um, to bring me goodness that only he is capable of providing. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. And I love how you talk about actually the journaling, because Mm -hmm. when I was flipping through your book that we're going to talk about now, Better Than Okay, Finding Hope and Healing After Your Marriage Ends, you were talking, we're around page 88, 89, when you were talking about journaling Mm -hmm. and you were talking about the, what is true about me? Yes. And let's talk about that process. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to piggyback on your therapy question. And Mm -hmm. just say like, I was so desperate for healing and processing what I was feeling um, that I was in therapy weekly. Mm -hmm. Um, In between those appointments, I wanted to continue to heal. I wanted to continue to be able to move forward. And journaling was that avenue for me. I think journaling is very therapeutic for us and our words are free. Mm-hmm. So it became a great benefit for me to journal every day between my weekly therapy sessions in order to continue to realize that I'm processing what is going on and I am dealing with the grief. I'm experiencing the emotions that my heart is feeling. Uh, I'm dealing with the hard things in order for me to also celebrate what was going right in the midst Mm of, you know, what was not going well. Um, So yes, I, the part you're talking about, I had been, we had been to a marriage counseling session and um, it was when we were separated at in-home separation at the time. And I remember us sitting down with this therapist and my ex-husband just it was a terrible, 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 terrible session. And lots of things were said and 
about me and who I was. And I got in my minivan, um, as any mom of three does. And I got in my minivan afterwards. And I just put my head on the steering wheel and I cried and I wept. And I thought he doesn't even know me. Mm-hmm. And I went home and pulled that journal off the shelf. And I just felt like I, I'm going to figure out the truth of who I am. And I think as women, sometimes we get so busy with life and our marriage and being a wife and being a mom and all the responsibilities that come with that and being a daughter and taking care of parents and, and all of the pieces of that, that sometimes we forget the truth of who we really are. Mm-hmm. So I, at the top of that sheet of paper, I put what is true about me. And then I started listing a whole bunch of things I knew about myself. I knew to be true of myself. And that was really a, a first step in me figuring out my identity and who mm-hmm. I was and what God wanted for my life. Um, it was a first step in being able to start to dream mm-hmm. about my future. And if this is true about me, then what do I want to do? What does this Brandy um, that I'm meeting again, cause she's been missing for a long time. What does she want her future to look like? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was huge for me. I do a lot of coaching and that's one of the very early things that I have a lot of my clients do is we, we do for their homework. They make a list of what is true about me and it's really empowering. Um, it's very clarifying, mm-hmm. um, it helps you identify if you are listening to the voice of God in your life, or if you're listening to the voice, the lies um, that come from a relationship in your life, whether it's a parent who, you know, didn't make you feel loved or a coach who told you you weren't good enough or a teacher who said you'd never amount to anything or a husband who said some ugly things to you. It allows you to attack that voice of shame in your life and to actually walk in the freedom that God's truth brings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That will definitely set some people free today and encourage, I hope so. like, encourage everybody to do that practice because like I said, I was reading then um, you said, if you want to embrace the identity that God has for you in this new season of life, please take time to remember what is true about you. And there's so many, like you said, and you, you've already spoken, there are so many voices coming at you mm-hmm. and it's 10 times worse than it was back you know, even sure. when we were kids, because now, you know, at least when you got away from school, you got away from it. Yep. You didn't have those kids weren't following you home most of the time or following you in the front door saying all those things about you. Yeah. You had a break. Yep. Now we don't sure. because we have something attached to our hand that yep. still gives us those messages, even oh, yeah. by well-meaning people who yeah. are talking about the stuff they have and the things they're doing. And it's like, well, what about me? So all those messages are coming at us. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. So when you also, when you're working with your clients, what else do you tell them to do and how to shut those other messages down? Yeah, I, um, it's so funny. That's another post-it note I have. You're going to hit all my post-it notes today. (laughs) (laughs) That's another post-it note I have um, hanging in my bathroom. It says, whose voice do I hear? Mm -hmm. Let it be God's. And you often catch that when you're working with a client and they say something like, I'm just a total mess. It's like, who told you you were a total mess? Mm -hmm. Or um, I'm just not very good at. Well, who told you you weren't very good at that? So I think when I'm in communication with them and they are expressing how they see themselves, 
that's one of the things I get to zero in on and say Mm -hmm. like, who told you that? And it's really interesting to watch how that story unfolds. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I was working with somebody the other day and asked a question, um, when did that start in your life? And this is somebody who's in there, you know, would be considered middle age in their forties, late forties, early fifties. And they said, well, when I was seven and just that part of the phrase is like, whoa, they have been living their life off of something that they heard when they were seven. Wow. And how can we go back and trace that to get to the point of when we start to hear that voice in our head, we stop, think, pray. So it's this stop. That is not the voice of God in my head. And then you have to identify it. That is my, you know, softball teacher's voice, softball Mm -hmm. coach's voice. And then you have to think through what is the truth that God says about me? Who does God say I am? And then you pray that he will remove the voice of shame you're hearing and replace it with his voice. Um, And it is super simple, but man, that can really, that three-step process of stop, think, pray that Mm -hmm. my friend, Dr. Byers taught me, um, that is really a simple way for you to be able to stop those repeated negative patterns you're hearing Mm -hmm. and combat them with God's voice in your head. Amen. Amen. That will definitely help people. I know that's helping me right now. So I love that. I'm going to kind of jump back to your book a little bit here. So when did you decide that you were ready to write this book? (laughs) Good question. I'm still trying to figure that out. (laughs) Um, You know, I think for me, it was, I wanted to know that I was writing out of my scars and not my wounds. Mm. I I was writing out of my wounds. I was going to be bleeding all over people. And I wanted to be able to write the story of what God chose to do in me when I chose to begin again. And I had a lot of people telling me the book I should write and the things I should say from very early on. Um, And I had a couple of people who were very disappointed when the book came out and it wasn't a tell all that, you know, revealed everything. But for me, it's like, yeah, that's not who I am. I don't want to bleed all over my kids again. I don't want to um, bleed all over other people who are walking through this and make them feel like the rest of their life is going to be marred by the fact that they walked through a divorce. I wanted to be able to provide some hope and healing. So when I knew that I could write out of my scars and not my wounds, I felt like I was ready to go. Um, I think a lot of my friends who are closest to me expected the writing of the book to be a really hard process when actually it was great. It felt very therapeutic. It was very freeing for me. Um, It is, I've said for a long time, like there's a past version of me that's so proud of how far I've come. And the writing of this book really does show how far that I've come in my relationship with God, how far I've come in, you know, the midst of working through some really hard things, how far I've come in regards to parenting my kids. Um, So yeah, I think when I was aware that I was writing from a healthy spot, mm-hmm. um, a spot that had experienced healing and was still in the, pro- I feel like healing is always going to have ING on the end. It's never going to mm-hmm. be healed right. um, when it comes to this type of scenario. Um, but when I knew I had experienced enough healing that I could speak from a voice that could help people find some of their own healing that I was ready to begin writing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think that's very important to say too, because yeah, you never know 
when you're going through something, you could write 150 pages of nothing but like hardcore put downs and all those things. And you're like, wait a minute, this is not it. This is Mm -hmm. not what now. So I'm so grateful that you walked through that process and, you know, was able to write this book so that other people who have been through this can now see how far you've come Mm -hmm. through your story. And also know, like you said, that healing is an ongoing process and that there's always going to be something, but you got to know how to handle it when it comes. For sure. So absolutely. Brandy, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Like I said, I find this very helpful and I know other people will. Where can people go and find you? Yes, my website is lovebrandywilson.com, Brandy with an I. I am on Instagram regularly at lovebrandywilson and then also Facebook, I am Brandy Wilson. So I can be found at all three of those places. Awesome. I'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Do you have any final pieces of encouragement for my listeners today? Yeah, I think people who are in the midst of walking through a divorce, I would just encourage them by saying it is one day at a time. We need to take one day at a time. You are going to feel overwhelmed. You're going to have more questions than answers. You're going to be angry and hurt. And you don't need to get distracted um, by what six months looks like or what six years could look like or what Mm -hmm. 16 years could look like. You need to focus on making it through today. Um, And you are seen and you are valued and you are not forgotten and you are definitely not alone. Amen to all of that. You guys go give Brandy a follow, go pick up a copy of her book, Better Than Okay. And I will talk to you guys next episode. Thanks, Gina. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.